guys. How we doing? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Carter 99A40 Niners Podcast. So I wanted to jump on here, and I haven't put out very many podcasts in the last couple weeks because I've been, as they say, grinding the tape. Um, plug the selfless plug of the YouTube channel here. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Same name. Um, I'm literally just doing deep dives on players. So look at find a player or two or three players that I want to learn about. Do some actual scouting, not just highlights, not just read a draft profile, but just watch the full game and uh, try and watch an entire game, every single play, the good, the bad, what do they do well, what do they not do well, what am I seeing, and yeah, just a full in-depth, I mean, these are pretty much anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour and a half, so I will forewarn you, they are long, but they are in-depth, and if you do decide to take the journey with me, take the journey through the scouting process, then I think you'll gain a much better appreciation of what it takes to scout these players. Uh, this is the first time that I've really dove this deep into uh, scouting draft prospects, so it's been a lot of fun. I uh, highly recommend, and if you don't feel like watching the entire 30-minute or one hour or I think I even have an hour and a half one up. Uh, skip to the final five minutes, five, ten minutes of the end. I'll pretty much just summarize what I've seen. Usually the first five, ten, fifteen minutes is just me kind of watching and see, saying, what do I see here? What do I don't see? And then by, you know, halfway through the game, like, I think I, I think I understand this about this guy. I think I understand this about this guy. And then by the end, I'm like, all right, so this is kind of what I think. This is what I think. Uh, this is what I've seen so far. This is if I think they're a fit and how they're a fit. So if you don't feel like watching the whole videos, I don't blame you. They are long. This is a scouting process. It is a journey. Uh, you don't, you don't get a really good idea about who a player is off of a three light high, three minute highlight video. So come with me to the dark side and scout. It is fun. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, skip to the final five or 10 minutes if you just want the summary. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've got 13 or 14 videos up there. They're long, they're in depth, but I think I've got about 30 players up. Uh, at the end, once we get through some of this news, I'm actually going to go through and try and recap every player that I've scouted so far. And, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it, get a kick out of it, get some value, etc. all that good stuff. So first off, uh, just some quick updates. And again, this is the news section. So quick updates on the coaching staff. Um, obviously, we've lost a couple of coaches. I think we already are aware of that. So uh, the tight ends coach, he ended up leaving. We ended up firing him. He went to Miami to join Mike McDaniel. Wes Welker went with uh, Mike McDaniel to Miami. Uh, Scagnarello, Scangrello, whatever his name is. He ended up getting a, uh, I think the Kentucky offensive coordinator job. So he was our quarterbacks coach. So he left. Um, I think that one of our offensive line assistants got uh, hired into a job by the Broncos. I want to say. So we've been losing some coaches. Uh, the good thing is, is that it's not like we're firing a bunch of coaches. They're actually getting promoted, 
And that means that the coaching staff that we have is a, does a good job of finding and developing coaching talent, which is huge. You know, being able to coach up coaches and coach up players means that you're a good teacher. So gives me a lot of faith in the uh, the Shanna Lynch uh, duo moving forward. <clears throat> uh, we did end up hiring a couple. Um, so we ended up bringing on, I remember it was some guy named Rufus, no idea. Uh, Nick Sorensen, former NFL safety, undrafted safety, who ended up playing, I think, eight years in the league. Uh, he's been doing some coaching gigs, so he's going to be joining as a defensive assistant. And running back coach Bobby Turner is going to be taking next year off. Uh, he is going to be leaving, going to be taking next year off just for personal medi- personal medical reasons. So we wish him the best, and I hope that he has a a quick and full recovery for everything that he's going through. Um, obviously, whenever somebody takes time off for medical, it's something serious. I really hope that the year off uh, does him well for his health and well-being. And uh, he apparently plans on being back the following year, so it sounds like he's just taking a year off to recover from some medical things. As far as news goes, this is the Combine. A um, whole lot of crazy stuff. Um, I'll, I'll get through the real quick stuff. Uh, as far as Lynch's at the Combine, Shanahan and the coaching staff are staying home uh, in Santa Clara primarily to grind the tape. Now, the Jimmy G stuff got real weird this week. And... Like I mentioned on the last episode, um, the NFL Combine and the after hours negotiating and quote unquote tampering that's not actually tampering because it's not technically official because you can't technically legally camp or you can't technically legally tamper until like the two days before free agency. Enough of that. We all know that at the NFL Combine, there's a lot of after hours mingling going on and a lot of behind closed doors deals happen. I predicted that the Jimmy Garoppolo deal would be formed during the combine and we would probably hear about that deal two to three days after the combine finished, so around March 9th or 10th, so figure about a week from now. A giant wrench got thrown into the whole Jimmy Garoppolo trade saga, and that is that it came out, uh, I think yesterday... The first day of the combine, out of nowhere, Jimmy Garoppolo needs shoulder surgery and will not be able to throw until mm, July. So it's just it's really weird because the the timing is weird. Like, why does this all of a sudden happen a month after the season has ended and it's the first day of the combine. That's kind of a crazy day to just drop it. Um, it's also very odd that he needs shoulder surgery when they didn't think that he did. And he doesn't need th- thumb surgery when we thought that he needed thumb surgery and they said that he was going to get thumb surgery. So that in and of itself is weird. Um, and so then it came out that Jimmy has a roughly a seven and a half million dollar guarantee for injury. 
well, if Jimmy G needs to get shoulder surgery, then there's no way he's going to pass a medical, which means that he's basically guaranteed $7 million or so against the cap if he's still on the Niners, or even if he's cut because he can't make, because he can't clear a medical, if he is cut before free agency, he is still owed over $7 million. And this is something that I was just kind of made aware of within the last 48 hours. Uh, You know, I don't typically read the fine print and contractual details, but apparently this was one of them. I thought we would only be on the hook for Jimmy for about 2 million bucks. And I was like, cut him. Cool. Cut him. And uh, if if you need to cut him, if you can't trade, then cool. You cut him. You clearing 25 million. You're only on the hook for two. You cleared 25. Well, now it's seven. So now you're clearing 18 or 19, which is not nearly as good as 25. And being on the hook, the Niners are already over the cap. And I'm not going to try and play cap gymnastics here because it's really complicated. And that's uh, above my kind of understanding level. My basic understanding is the Niners are currently over the cap. I think 4 million or something like that. Now, if they cut Jimmy, that clears up, you know, 18, 17 or 18 million. If they trade Jimmy, it clears up 25. But now with this recent shoulder injury news, it kind of just is like a punch in the dick for Jimmy's trade value. Because even a team that really wants a quarterback... Do you really want a quarterback who's not who's needs shoulder surgery on his throwing arm? And granted, it's apparently a very minor shoulder surgery, but it's still shoulder surgery on the throwing shoulder, and it still hasn't even happened yet. This isn't like it happened a month ago and he's been rehabbing and you can measure the process. This is he needs it and it hasn't happened yet. So there's a whole bunch of mysteries. Like you can't check how it's healing it hasn't even happened but it needs to happen and then he's not even going to be able to practice or do anything with the team like he's not going to be able to do uh, OTAs and uh, all, all that kind of stuff he's not going to be ready until training camp assuming he doesn't have a setback so it kind of just is a big kick in the dick for his trade value you know I was really hoping that we were going to get uh you know, potentially a trade with uh, the Broncos or the Steelers or the Commanders, which still feels weird to say, um, you know, somewhere a, a, a day two pick, hopefully a second rounder. I was really hoping for a second rounder. Now I have no idea what we're going to do. And I don't even know if it benefits Jimmy Garoppolo. People are saying like, oh, it really benefits Jimmy Garoppolo because... If he ends up uh, getting cut, then he's guaranteed $7 million, and then he can go negotiate with with whoever he wants. And it's like, yeah, but he's not going to get $25 million. And the $7 million that the Niners have that are on the hook for, it's technically negated by when another team signs him. So he's guaranteed seven, but if the Niners cut him and then he gets brought on by another team at 15, he's not getting an extra 15. 
he's getting the difference. And then the Niners are no longer on the hook for that full seven. They're only on the hook for the two. At least that's my understanding. So it's not like he's all of a sudden gaining an extra $7 million. It just hurts the Niners uh, an extra that $7 million against the free agency period. Once he signs somewhere else, anything over $7 million, you know, that that comes off of the Niners and that's taken care of by the other team. At least my, that's my understanding as of this moment. So who does that really benefit? You know, like, does it benefit Jimmy? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess he can technically now negotiate and go wherever he wants. But, like, he's he's not going to be making the $25 million, $27 million that's his, his, his amount this year. If he gets traded... He makes 25 or 27 million or whatever. If he gets cut and gets picked up by somebody for 15, he's making 15. So he's not making more money just because he gets cut. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I that's my general understanding. It's this is just it's such a weird story. I don't know if Jimmy's like trying to gain leverage or whatever, but all it really did was just hurt the negotiating value of the Niners. And I guess you could technically say that Jimmy's now in a position of power, but like they were going to try and send somewhere that he wanted to go anyways and just get some like cap stuff back. So just get, it just got real weird, real, real weird. And, uh, I, I don't really know what to think of it. I mean, I think the biggest thing is it potentially hurts the Niners in terms of what they're going to get in draft compensation for Jimmy. I was really hoping for a second round pick. It sounds like now even a day two pick is going to be a stretch. Um, but we really don't know. I mean, really, all it takes is one team that really needs a quarterback that wants Jimmy and says, you know what? We know that we could take the risk and hope that the Niners are going to cut him because there's no way the Niners have Jimmy on the team on March 17th at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the new league year, March 17th, 16th, there's no way Jimmy's on the roster because that's $20 million that you need to sign other players and renegotiate deals. And I mean, how are you going to clear up cap space to get under the cap? You know, like he, he cannot be on the team at that time. So these, you know, let's, let's call them three or four destinations. Cause I think there's realistically three or four destinations. I think Broncos, Steelers, uh, football team, and there might be one or two others, but I think those are kind of the ideal destinations. Those are the places Jimmy would most likely want to go. And those are cause, cause they're good teams that don't have good quarterbacks and they're teams that could be playoff teams with him there. I, I think those are the best fits. Are those teams going to say, you know what? We're just going to either we're going to not trade for him because we don't want that contract. We're going to hope that the Niners cut him so that we can get him on our terms. 
But are you willing to do that at the risk that one of those other teams gets the best available quarterback? Because there's no other quarterbacks. There's no other good quarterbacks out there. Like, who are the other quarterbacks that are available on the market? Well, you can get a rookie. Okay. None of these rookies look like they're... I mean, I, I have not studied them, but everything that I'm hearing from pretty much everybody is even... But like the best QB prospect here is maybe like the 20th or 30th best prospect. And they're probably not even a first round quarterback. Like there's maybe two first round quarterbacks here, but like last year's quarterback was way, way, way better in terms of last year's rookie quarterback class. Um, there's just, there's not even a consensus number one. Like there's not even like, oh yeah, this guy is, this guy is the best quarterback. There's not. Nobody knows. So nobody knows who wants which quarterback, except we know the Steelers want Malik Willis because they've made it clear. (laughs) But it's like, okay, cool, rookie. Well, none of these rookies are taking one of those teams that I mentioned into the playoffs. I'm sorry. They're just, they're not. Okay, cool. So even if you think that there's potential for these guys to develop, you're not making the playoffs with them. Jimmy can get you to the playoffs. He's done it. Every year that he's healthy, he's done it. He's made an NFC championship, a second NFC championship, and a Super Bowl appearance. He has a really good winning record. And by the way, he has two Super Bowl rings, which is kind of funny because he was the backup. But hey, Jimmy Garoppolo has the most Super Bowl rings of any any active quarterback. So, yeah, we can't go rookie. All right, well, Aaron Rodgers... It sounds like he's sticking around in Green Bay. Russell Wilson. It sounds like he's not going anywhere. Deshaun Watson still has 22 uh, civil court cases as well as, I think, 10 or a dozen legal cases pending. So that's not happening. So what other quarterbacks are there on the market that you can plug on to a good team and take that team to the playoffs? Like Mitch Trubisky and Marcus Mariota? Really? I mean, those are basically your options. Like, if I remember correctly, Marcus Mariota had more interceptions than touchdowns in Tennessee his final year. So that's really bad. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he went from being a number two pick to being a backup. So, I mean, sure, I guess you can roll the dice on him. He's younger. You know, like cross your fingers, but Jimmy's better. Like there's no other quarterbacks. So there's this really weird balancing act going on of you've got the cap thing. You've you've got the cap dangers. You've got the league year approaching in like two and a half weeks. You've got the Niners trying to trade Jimmy and see what they can get for him. And then you've got a couple teams where it's like it makes sense. And then it's just like this this game of chicken where just all these factors are just staring at each other and just gunning it full speed. Like just, uh, they've got they're, they're they don't even have their foot on the gas pedal. They've got a brick on the gas pedal and they're just all headed straight towards each other. And the date is March 16th. And I have no idea how it's going to go. I don't know if one of those teams is going to get desperate and say, you know what? We will give you a top 50 pick. 
Or I don't know if no team is going to do it. And then the Niners finally end up just being like, fine, you know what? Sixth round pick, take the $25 million in cap. I could see it going either way. Um, I think what's most realistic is that the Niners get some kind of deal put together where they get some kind of mid to late round compensation this year. And then a, uh, a conditional pick next year that depending on how well Jimmy plays and how much he plays has the potential to move up. So I've heard the idea floated of like, a you know, maybe it's like a fifth this year and then a fifth next year that could turn into like a third or like a fourth this year and a fourth next year that could be a second if he plays 80% of the snaps and makes the playoffs. And like, I really don't know. Um, I was really hoping that, you know, the medical stuff was going to check out. He was going to be all good to go. And we were just going to like stroll into the, the draft with like two second round picks and two third round picks. And, you know, like just, it'd be awesome. And we still have a second rounder and two third round picks, which is not bad. But it just, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value took a massive hit within the last 48 hours, just with that news that all of a sudden now he needs surgery. He hasn't had surgery yet. It needs to happen. The Niners are now 7 million um, in the hole if they cut him. So they're kind of screwed a little bit. And on top of that, like there's no way he's going to pass a medical and it's probably going to be unavailable to throw until training camp in July or whatever is going on in July. So just really weird stuff with the whole Jimmy G thing. Um, again, I really don't know. Uh, I'll let you make your own decision. I'm just trying to give you the information as I best understand it. Um, I just, I don't see how it benefits anybody. Um, Sure, technically, Jimmy now has more leverage. But again, with the offset language in that deal, like if he gets cut, he's not making an extra $7 million. It's just the Niners are on the hook for $7 million until somebody else pays that. So it's not like he's... If Jimmy gets traded, he gets his full 27 If he gets cut and then gets brought on at 15 he gets 15 and the Niners just on the hook for seven until the other team picks him up. So I don't know. It's weird. Maybe he just doesn't want to go with one of those teams that the Niners are trying to trade him to, but they've been saying they want to work together. So I don't know. It's, it's just really, really odd. And the timing was very odd. Um, but let's move on. So Lynch is at the combine. He spoke with the press, which is pretty cool. Uh, he did that today, so it was about 20 minutes. I watched it on my lunch break. I will give you the very short rundown on everything news-wise that happened with that. And then we're going to get into all the draft prospect summaries that uh, I have done so far. So, uh, Lynch on Jimmy G. Uh, we pretty much went over all that. Um, Jimmy is currently a Niner. He cares about Jimmy. He wants what's best for Jimmy. He's concerned about his shoulder. And we all know he's getting traded. Uh, Lynch didn't say that, but uh, yeah, we know Jimmy's getting traded. So, yep, is what it is. McGlinchey. Uh, shout out to Jason Aponte. Thank you for asking the question that we've all been wondering. What is up with Mike McGlinchey? So, uh, what Lynch said, 
and I'll try to summarize it without butchering it is uh, the surgery was successful. The rehab is going well. However, we don't have a timeline. It's a serious injury. We want him to come back, but we're not going to rush him and we want him to be able to play without pain. What that tells me is that's John Lynch's crafty way of saying I am not telling you anything because we have no idea. <laughs> so, uh, in other words, we are hopeful he may or may not play this next season. He may or may not play at all. He may or may not start at the beginning of the season. We really don't know. Um, but the surgery went well. The rehab is going well. But we all know the injury that McGlinchey had is something where there's a there's a 50% chance of actually returning to play. So we're flipping a coin that he ever plays again. And then on top of that, we're just guessing as far as the timeline of when he actually comes back. Alex Mack, he talked about briefly. He said that he uh, is hopeful that Mack returns. It sounds like it's leaning in the direction of Mack returning. I do expect us to get an answer on to, on Alex Mack before the uh, before the new league year happens. Um, I just think that if Alex Mack is going to retire, that's kind of his courtesy is to uh, you know let the uh, let the team know that uh, before free agency happens. So that way, if they need to make some free agency stuff and move some money around, etc. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, he said that uh, Elijah Mitchell was great this year. Um, he called him Drano. Apparently, that's his uh, that's his nickname because he always finds the gap or something like that. I don't know if that's a cool nickname or not, um, but Elijah Mitchell is apparently Drano. Uh, Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, according to John Lynch, they are going to be Niners. So again, more confirmation that they're going to do whatever they can to reward and keep around their homegrown talent. This is a team where if they draft you, develop you, and you end up becoming a star, they will pay you. They will borderline overpay you. You know, look at Fred Warner. Look at George Kittle. Those aren't even like the most important positions, quote unquote, in football. You know, you talk about off-ball linebackers and tight ends, but you know what? We got the best one. You started here. We are going to reward you handsomely. And it sounds like they're planning to do the same thing on Debo and Bosa. Uh, Lynch also said that they don't have a specific timeline on those deals. Um, but when both sides are motivated to get a deal done, deals tend to happen. Um, so who knows? Maybe we get those before free agency. Maybe that happen uh, sometime around training camp. Uh, or maybe they happen next year. Um, after next season, who knows? We got a brief in-law, uh, Kinlaw update and, uh, John Lynch was very, uh, very upbeat about Kinlaw. It sounds like Kinlaw's rehab is going well. And, uh, I don't remember the exact sentence that he used, but he said something along the lines of, it's been nice seeing Kinlaw smiling and not in pain, um, which is a good thing. You know, it sounds like that knee issue that he was having, it was uh, it was just something that was constant pain. And it was basically a decision of this is going to seriously 
This is going to be a serious pain issue and it's going to affect your play level and we can either deal with it now or it's going to linger with you your entire career. And they decide to say, you know what, for what's best for you long term, we're, we want to get this done. So he had that ACL reconstructive surgery, uh, whatever that is, as well as uh, his other knee stuff that they cleaned up. And again, I never really know whether or not to trust this team with injuries because I feel like sometimes they're very honest and sometimes they're very uh, misleading or they just kind of play dumb like they have no idea what's happening. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Kinlaw is positive. I remember, I think I was reading an article by Jennifer Lee Chan who had the time frame that Kinlaw could and should be able to return uh, practice in full in training camp. So we'll cross our fingers. Um, if that's true, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Kinlaw, I don't think he's had a chance to develop as a pass rusher. I think that if you're not able to keep DJ Jones around, put Kinlaw nose tackle. I mean, he is 6'5", 320-ish pounds, 330, and he's just a big body that's going to fuck up the interior of the offensive line. And uh, he might not be, you know, a 10-sack-a-year guy, but he's going to fuck up the interior. And you know what? DJ Jones isn't a 10-sack-a-year guy. He's a 2-sack-a-year guy. He's really good at getting tackles for loss, stuffing the run, anchoring against double teams, if we can have Kinlaw do that and then just like F up interior offensive lines, then that's awesome. And uh, regarding DJ Jones, so again, hopeful that Kinlaw returns and is full go by training camp. If not, we would assume that he should be full go by uh, by uh, the next, uh, the beginning of next season. And then DJ Jones, uh, DJ Jones is a great player. He said it's going to be a challenge to bring him back. So unfortunately, DJ Jones not looking good. Uh, let me just real quick pop over here. See what are the notes. Um, oh, Aaron Banks. He uh, he did have a he did talk about Aaron Banks, and he said there's a narrative because Aaron didn't play. There must be something wrong with him. And he said quite the contrary. Aaron grew. He reshaped his body, and we're excited to uh, get him out there. So I still think that it's a very big negative, the fact that Aaron Banks didn't even suit up as a backup role for either guard position. Um, but you know what? Maybe he showed up to training camp and they were like, nope, too fat, too slow. Uh, we really like your technique. We really like your talent. But you're going to need to slim down, fit up, spend a year in the weight room, and then you can, uh, you know, be better as uh, an offensive guard. So, yeah, there we go. I, uh, I think that's pretty much everything as far as Lynch goes. And he had similar kind of uh, thing uh, talking about Trey Sermon in the sense that Trey Sermon didn't necessarily have a good season, but he felt like Trey Sermon made some very big strides um, in uh, adapting to the NFL. So uh, he has high hopes for Trey Sermon. So, um, I got to work on using the word so too much. I got really good at using um a lot less. And now my girl's nagging me about using so because she's a perfectionist and I just kind of go with it. 